You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today we've got, uh, like a lot of the days, lots of newsy news. Nothing quite as uh, breaking in terms of, you know, Packers news or whatever. Which means we get a little bit of a more well-rounded look at uh, what's going on out there. Also, further reinforces the idea that the Packers are looking very heavily at wide receiver because my thought was, okay, well... Most of these were informal meetings, which means the Packers just walked up and were like, hey, what's up? And we'll probably hear that they do that with linebacker and every other position. Maybe people just don't care and they don't bother asking. I don't know. But I'm not seeing a flurry of, oh, we met with this linebacker and this linebacker and this linebacker and they sat down and talked to this linebacker and this linebacker said he's really, really interested. It just, it was, there's nothing. I'm looking. I found a couple people. Not a single linebacker, but I found some people that the Packers apparently met with, which is both, I guess, good and bad. Good from the standpoint of, oh, wow, they must really like wide receiver. Bad from the standpoint of, oh, please tell me you're not really serious about going all in on Oren Burks this year. Meaning, I don't know, let's throw another seventh rounder like Ty Summers in there. I mean, we got B.J. Goodson, maybe if he sticks around. And then just Oren, man. All day Oren, that's what I call him, all day. I don't know. I, I, I know no things. I'm just I'm just relaying the information. But still plenty to get to and not a lot of time because I just went down a Twitter rabbit hole trying to figure out Indian politics. Don't know why. I just There was a hashtag. I'm like, what's going on here? I literally saw a body get dragged across a garbage heap. I, I don't know, man. It's hard to not want to figure out what in the world is going on. And then you realize, dude, you're, you came here to find out if they talked to linebackers. That's literally the only reason we pulled up Twitter. I didn't, I didn't find anything, though. So, anyways, please make sure that you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group on Facebook. That's where you can find it. There's also a Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you would like to help out, please, please consider donating on patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you appreciate the show, if you like having the daily content brought to you, you can jump in for as little as a dollar a month which in some parts of the world is asking a lot, I kind of feel like the majority of my audience, I, I feel like I'm not asking too much. I apologize if I am. Just let this one pass by you. But as I've said in the past, please consult a, uh, a financial expert, uh, a tax professional. Don't want you to mess up your, um, your retirement goals or any of that stuff. <laughs> I would probably get a lot more support if I wasn't such a condescending person. I just think it's funny, all right? It's just a joke. It is just a dollar. And I think it's funny, so I'm going to keep telling that joke, all right? Leave me alone. Otherwise, if you're not into that kind of stuff, leaving a rating and review would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, word of mouth is huge. Please remember, there is going to be a Patreon giveaway every single month, and this month, the winner will be able to design their very own Green Bay Packers uh, t-shirt. Tell me what you want it to look like. I will go have it designed for you. Slap it on a t-shirt and send it on out to your house. There's going to have to be some back and forth between you and I because, you know, it has to be somewhat family-friendly and whatnot because, I mean, I'm going to put it up in the store. also has to be somewhat not just completely ridiculous. 
because I don't want the store to look like, what is this? This is dumb. So just, just think of a really cool design, all right? You get so creative about everything. Don't overthink it, all right? Don't overthink it. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break and then see how much of this stuff we can rip through. I'm going to try to be, I'm trying to limit my rants a bit, see if we can cut down some of this news and information. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to think of something fun to do this spring, maybe you can follow your favorite baseball team to Arizona for the Cactus League spring training. It's just an idea. I don't know. You think it over. They've got amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. We're talking 15 teams dispersed across 10 stadiums, all within the greater Phoenix area. You're going to have the opportunity to meet with players, get autographs, and then, of course, when it's all said and done, you get to explore the great state of Arizona. Check out some of the bucket list items you probably have. The Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend, Tucson. I don't know, maybe Tucson's on your list. Maybe. It's on somebody's list. Maybe you should put it on your list and then check it off. Make it, make it seem like you're really ripping through your bucket list. And, of course, this is a great vacation whether you're single, married, got a bunch of kids... 18, 28, or 80. It's just a good, fun little trip. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. So if you want to check it out, go plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. All right, I don't even know exactly where to begin, so let's just start with um, the one little tidbit. Well, let's do CBA because there's a couple things. Um, the owners did remove the 250k cap for the 17th game. I'm, I'm trying to work through what the ramifications of that will be. And I can't quite, because you know that these guys are going to come up with some creative stuff. Because, I mean, and, and the complicated thing to figure out is you, you're still working within a salary cap. It's not like this is additional money. So how does this all get played in? I, I, don't, I don't fully know how that works. But that was one of the things that was brought about. And the, the reason I think that's interesting is because what does it actually do for you? Like, you know, I don't want to just play for $250,000. Like, okay, we'll remove that number. But why do you think you're getting more money? Because your contract states you're going to make, you know, $7 million this year. What, what do you think you're going to get? $8 million? Like we're just going to throw a million dollars at you just out of nowhere? I'm just going to pull it out of the sky? You're not getting more money. I don't know what you're talking about. So I, this whole thing is just strange to me. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there's something to it, but it's just you, you have a contract that says how much money you're going to make this year. This is what you're getting. Like you just want it backloaded a little bit or something? Like... Take away some of mine from week four, put her on week seventeen. All right, simple. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. But the players wanted it, so they're gonna get it. So there you go. And I'm sure it'll be uh, revealed as to how that comes into play. Another relatively interesting thing is this whole issue with these two tags. Now, even this is confusing, but I didn't actually read too much into it because of, well, how I'm gonna end this. Essentially, the way the old CBA was set up is that in the final year, which is this year, every team is going to have the opportunity to use two tags. And so the question is like, ooh, what do you do with the two tags? Like, how are you going to utilize two? First of all, the Packers don't tag anyone, so that, that's pretty irrelevant. But what about other teams? I mean, first of all, most teams don't like to use one because, again, this is real money. And a tag is one of the most expensive ways to keep a player. Although, you know, some of the real top-end guys, they're going to get not only maybe a tidbit more money, but they're going to get long-term contracts, so that's why you would tag a guy. So maybe you could tag two people. It, I mean, it, it, it just seems like there's a rare situation where there's a team that's not only willing to tag one, but willing to tag two. 
But either way, <laughs> the thing that's dumb about this is that apparently, and again, it sounds like whenever I listen to somebody report this, they don't actually know. When I read an article about it, they're like, and I think this is what happens? I don't really know. I don't think anybody knows. But it sounds like, from what most people can tell, when the new CBA goes into effect, it overrides the old CBA. Meaning, if the new CBA says you get one tag, guess what? You get one tag. So you've just tagged two players, and one of those tags get, gets revoked. So I'm trying to think through what the benefit of using a tag that is almost, which is very likely going to be removed from you would be. The only thing I can think is that it's going to help you survive free agency and actually could help you re-sign a guy. So think about it. Let's say you do want to tag somebody and you want to sign somebody. But you know if you let this guy go out into the free agency market... He's going to get stolen away real fast. So you tag both of these guys. Again, this is a very rare situation that I can think where somebody would actually expend this much money. And you have to already plan to tag one of these guys, and the other one you want to sign, but just want to get a bit of a discount. So you tag both of them. Hopefully, for the sake of this team that wants to railroad one of their own players, they get through at least a good portion of free agency so that when the frantic free agency portion starts, teams that are, let's just talk about edge rusher, for example, you got... uh, Let's say, I don't know, one of your guys is a quarterback, the other one is an edge rusher that you that you plan on extending. Well, you can't count on he's going to become available later, or at least you don't want to, because the free agency crazy period is now, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of money at this guy and that guy. So a lot of the teams that would have paid this guy a ton of money have moved on and signed other edge rushers. So then when the new CBA comes along, they're like, oh, sorry, you got to pull one of those tags. They're like, oh, really? Shoot. Oh, well, all right, I guess we'll remove the tag on this guy, making him effectively a free agent in a market that is very weak at this point in time. Not to say there won't be anybody available, but all the heavy hitters already went out and spent their money, whereas you got a bunch of other teams that maybe don't have quite as much money. And if you're using two tags, I'm thinking you already got a decent amount of money, so you could probably offer a pretty good contract to this person and up your odds of being able to retain them on a contract that is less than what they would have got if you would have just let that. That's the only thing that I could think that could possibly be interesting about this. Because again, it, it just it sounds to me as though there's no possibility that a team is actually going to get um, to use two tags. The only other thing is it's there's a slight chance that the CBA doesn't even pass, in which case then you do have two tags, and it's like, well, why didn't we use it? We could have used it. But again, I can't even think of a team that would want to use two tags. I mean, the Cowboys, maybe? Are they going to tag both Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott? Is that even the the most cost-effective way to do it? I mean, it, I know for a fact it's not. Because, again, if, if you sign Dak Prescott long-term, and let's say it's a $35 million a year contract, you're going to pay him, well, you're going to pay him a lot because the signing bonus is going to be massive. But, again, the, the, the actual cap hit is going to be a lot less than a tag would be. Same for Amari Cooper. So it's not cost-effective. Maybe in the long run it is if you're planning on getting rid of them, but if you're planning on keeping them, this is the most expensive way to go about it. And by the way, next year all these dollars go up, so you're just going to make Dak more expensive and Amari more expensive. There's no reason to do that. So I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how people try to navigate it. I hope somebody does do it because I want to see what's going to happen and kind of test out my theories and see if I thought this through well enough because I'm sure somebody has a thought that I didn't think of, but... I'm just trying to think why it would matter, and those are the only scenarios in which I could think that it would be a thing to even care about. And as far as the Packers, again, you can't even find the Packers wanting to use one tag, much less two. 
because it's just a, a, a ridiculously expensive thing, and generally they plan things out better. If we want you, we're going to keep you. If we're not keeping you long-term, we're going to cut you. And especially talking about Ted Thompson, I don't even care if we don't have another solution. I'm not signing you. I'm not tagging you because it's expensive, so you're gone. And I don't care if we literally have no one else at the position. And, you know, Goot isn't exactly Ted Thompson, but I think he's close enough to being Ted Thompson that it's a very rare thing. I mean, for a lot of teams, but especially the Packers, to ever want to use a tag on somebody. Uh, the only other CBA news, Aaron Rodgers weighed in. I told you yesterday, I think um, Aaron Rodgers is very... I mean, he's, he's alluded to this in the past. I, I can recall several times where it's he stands up for his guys, and that's a good thing. He's a very good leader. Um, he put out a big, long thing, and of course he's... I mean, he's very... He's a statesman. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely a statesman. You look at, like, David Bakhtiari and TJ Lang and some of these other... They're just blasting. Aaron Rodgers waits... Bides his time, puts together a very thoughtful, very good statement, and essentially said, look, I I voted to represent my guys, which is what my job is. And my guys are concerned about the wear and tear on their bodies and the lack of recovery time in the offseason. I mean, there's, there's no way you could be upset about this. He even went out of his way to say there are a lot of things that are very good in this proposal, but that it just wasn't good enough. And that, and again, it wasn't about him, and it wasn't about his body. It might have been to a lot of, lot of whatever. But again, and I believe him because I think he's an honest guy. And if he says I think this is dumb and I don't like it for myself, I think he would say that. But he's actually had conversations as a representative for the Green Bay Packers with guys in his line. I'm sure it's not unanimous. And again, I do tend to believe the the bigger players, and we've seen it, right? The the David Bakhtiaris and the Aaron Rodgerses and all the the big money guys. Because the, the fact of the matter is, and, and they're, it's fair to an extent, they're not wrong because the fact of the matter, the, the extra added benefits mean less to them. Right? It would be like if somebody got a dollar an hour raise. Well, what, what is the context of that? If it's somebody making $9 an hour, a dollar an hour raise is a lot of money. If somebody's making seven figures, a dollar an hour raise is not even, you wouldn't even notice it. And so again, you, you get these sort of benefits that don't mean as much to these big name players and also they they again like i said because they're already set for life david bakhtiari set for life aaron Rodgers, richard sherman i mean granted it's possible they're bad with their money and they're not going to be set for life but they should be so so they can easily say no and hold their ground and say i'm not doing this i'll happily sit out if i have to sit out but it is more unfair to the higher paid guys the problem that they have is a lot of the lower paid guys they need this and want this Right? As you get later into your career, it's about security. It's about my long-term health. It's about what about my friends that are retired that are dealing with health injuries. These are your concerns. Right? I don't have long left in here, and you're trying to push a 17th game on me, and you're trying to do this and trying to do that, and I'm not okay with that. But again, the vast majority of guys are guys that are just trying to make a roster, and the retired guys aren't getting a vote as far as, as, far as I know, so they don't count. So you got a league that is largely filled with guys that are just trying to make it, just just you know, please give me an opportunity. And we're talking about expanded roster sizes. We're talking about extra money, not just through the salary cap, but with that 17th game, presumably you're going to be getting more. There is a uh, sort of a up, they upped the minimum wage, so to speak. So everybody that's at that, which a lot of guys are at that minimum, at or below that minimum, are all getting like a $100,000 raise because they raise, that's, that's not insignificant. If you're making, you know, 
let's, I don't remember what the numbers are, but if you're making 500000 and the league comes forward with a CBA saying you're getting a, a much better chance of making a roster and also starting the second this passes, you're getting a $100,000 a year raise, dude, yeah, yeah. And then you got a bunch of veterans talking about, well, what about the wear and tear on my body? Like, dude, I'm just trying to get some wear and tear on my body. You want to sit? Go sit. Let me play. And again, I'm not trying to disagree with either side. It's just a different perspective. And the, the fact of the matter is you got a lot of young, hungry guys that want to go play. And you got a bunch of older, you know, veteran guys that are already set up that aren't super interested in more playing time. I'm, I'm already the guy, and I'm going to walk away when I decide to walk away. So again, I, I knew that this was Aaron Rodgers' stance. I understand his stance, and I still contend, although I don't know that this is going to pass with flying colors because, again, look at all the most vocal anti-people. They're all the, the big money guys. For every, you know, Devontae Adams, there's a, you know, Reggie Begleton, a, a KBN Ento, a Malik Taylor, a Darius Shepard, a Ryan Grant, even Equinemius St. Brown. Guys that are just trying to make a roster. For every David Bakhtiari, there's a John LeGlue or Yash Nijman, Cody Conway, a Cole Madison. Just just looking at the Packers roster, how many of these guys are just hoping that they can make a little bit of money in this industry? Just wanting an opportunity. Evan Bayless, Demaria Crockett, Tyler Irvin, Dexter Williams, Elijah Wellman, Malcolm Johnson, Manny Wilkins, Greg Roberts, James Looney, Randy Ramsey. Ty Summers, Curtis Bolton, Tim Williams. And there's a lot of other guys that aren't going to be getting cut this year, but if they don't up their play, they're not going to be on this team either. Oren Burks, B.J. Goodson, Kingsley Kiki, Montravius, Danny Vitale. If he, if, I mean, if, if he doesn't get any better and gets cut, what are his odds of making a team? Again, for, for every guy that's already set for life that's got that big money contract, you've got 10 guys that are just hoping that they're going to make a team this year. So, anyways... I think that is that for CBA. What else? We got some free agent type news. The New York Giants decided to release Alec Ogletree. And I know when people see LB next to somebody's name, they go, oh, I know that name and I know that position with something that we need. Should we do it? He's only 28. Nope. He's been bad for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven straight years, which is the entirety of the time that he's been in the league. The best season he had was 2016 with the Rams. His overall grade was a 63, so nope, don't want that. They also released Kareem Martin, almost the exact same situation. He did have one good year, but it doesn't mean anything. He's had one, two, three, five really bad years, so it's a, it's a no to both. Somebody that is probably going to intrigue a lot of people is the uh, Cleveland Browns linebacker Joe Schobert. Another 28-year-old linebacker. Apparently the Browns have made the statement, or Andrew Barry. GM of the Browns had said that he's earned the right to test the market, which is another way of saying he wants too much money and we're just not really willing to pay him. So we're going to let him go out into the market, realize that he's being ridiculous, and then hopefully come back and, uh, you know, come back to the table being a little bit more realistic. That's usually how that works. Like, you're not going to strong arm me into this nonsense. Go out and find out you're not worth anything and come on back. Now, a lot of people are going to be excited because Joe Schobert has been a decent linebacker. Um, at least to some degree. Basically, again, just looking at what PFF has to say, 2018 he was a good linebacker. That's pretty much it, though. Uh, This past year he was pretty horrible while showing flashes of it. It's weird because 
everybody's kind of grades are different. He's been really bad most of the year, but he's got some just randomly elite grades. It's nothing but 30s, 40s, and 50s all year, but he's got three games where he graded in the 80s, two games where he was in the 90s, mixed into like 20s and 30s. It's just, he's either really good or just terrible. Maybe it's a, a matchup thing. I, I don't know, but he's a Wisconsin linebacker. I think he has a good reputation for being a good linebacker, so I think a lot of Packers fans are probably going to really like him. But the fact of the matter is he's asking for a lot of money is part of the problem, and he's not worth a lot of money. And if he lowers his asking price down to something that maybe the Packers would be interested in, he's going to end up back with the Browns. Either way, I'm just not a huge fan. He's got a lot of upside. Again, 2018, he was solid, but that was one out of four years. So I tend to think that was maybe more of a fluke in this past year when he was terrible. It's a little bit closer to what he generally is. And I I just, I don't know. I don't really want a guy that is usually horrible, but occasionally amazingly good. I'm just not interested in that. Uh, Some more Browns news. Apparently the, uh, the, the Browns GM again was kind of at least hinting that they were planning on exercising David Njoku's fifth year option. He's a first round draft pick. So after four years, you have the option to exercise a fifth year of the contract. In other words, keep him under contract. There's a, there's a big spike in the cost. It's not a guaranteed thing, but I know a lot of people were very interested in possibly pursuing David and Joku. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on. It sounds like the D Browns are going to retain him. Another option we didn't really talk about, but I've actually, at least in the past, I don't know about more recently because he is getting quite up in age, but he's a guy that's talented that's just been kind of buried because of all the linebacker talent. But uh, Sean Lee in in Dallas has been talked about for two years now as being an option to possibly leave Dallas. But apparently uh, Dallas is planning on bringing him back again, which is funny because, I mean, I I mentioned several days, weeks ago, that I was stunned to see how many free agents the Dallas Cowboys have. And you could see why they're hesitating because they got like, I don't know what they have now, but last I saw they had $50 million. And it's like, dude, how is Amari and Dak hard to figure out when you got $50 million? Just pay him. It's not going to be that much. I mean, again, you, in cap dollars, you're paying Amari or, or Dak, what, $22 million, $25 million? Maybe somewhere between 20 and $25 million against the cap. That drops you down to 13 Amari gets a $20 million contract per year, but you pay him 12 against the, I mean, you know, paying is high, cap is low. I, I just, I didn't understand it. And then you look at their roster and it's like, dude, they're all free agents. And then you hear McCarthy's talking about, well, we, we want Amari and we want Randall Cobb back. And we want to keep Sean Lee, even though he's number three and he's like 50 years old. Like, dude, what? You, you got to cut somebody. I don't know. I guess you don't have to. The only people they don't seem to want to bring back are Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, you know, a lot of people want linebacker help or, you know, bring back Randall Cobb, which I'm not a big fan of that plan. But it sounds like he's also going to be back with Dallas, which is the story of the free agency so far. Maybe some of this is just lip service, but in almost every situation, it's been, yeah, he's going to come back. Yeah, we're going to bring him back. The quarterbacks, right? You know, where is Jameis going to go? Tampa Bay is going to offer him a two-year contract. Doesn't mean he signs it. Doesn't mean he agrees to it, but they're going to try to bring him back. Where's Cam going to go? Ooh, I bet he's going to go to L.A. The Panthers want him back. Where's Brady going to go? Gee, I wonder. The one interesting one, however, is Philip Rivers. It sounds like it's basically a done deal. He's going to Indy, which I think makes Indy very dangerous. It, it, this is this is all the time. This kept. Ha- I I remember. I don't know how many times I said it's going to be Packers, Colts, Super Bowl, and something. What you know? Um, what is the guy's name? Andrew Luck. Guys, well, to be fair, he played one game per season. 
But, I mean, they were so good with Luck, and then they finally got him, like, an offensive line, and everything seemed great, and then he kept getting hurt, and then he retired, and it's like, okay, well, not last year, but the year before, they were a really good football team. Their defense was elite. It's like, they get Luck back, it's going to be game over. And then he retires. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, teams can get better and erode over time, and it's two years ago since they were a decent enough team. But if they can kind of revive that 2018 kind of energy and have Phillip Rivers and do some damage in this draft, I think they got a shot. But, um, yeah, Rivers to Indy sounds like it is officially a done deal. Indianapolis has got a billion dollars in capital. Oh, one other guy I forgot. i got to get my notes in order here. Jarius Wright, the Carolina Panthers are going to let him walk. Um, I mean, he's a wide receiver. I just don't think it's a very good option. Back in the day, back in 2012 when he was drafted, he ran a 4.42. So he is a speed guy, 5'10", 190 pounds. He's a slot receiver, so it's an option. But again, 30 years old. He hasn't been good since he left Minnesota, which he spent one, two, three, four, five, six years there. Was a decent enough slot guy. Last two years in Carolina, and it just hasn't worked out. Maybe it's just because it's Carolina or whatever. But again, you get a 30-year-old guy who hasn't been good since 2017. I'm just not super interested. It sounds like the Vikings dumped him at just the perfect time. So again, just bringing it up in case anyone asks, because I get that, that question all the time. What about this guy? What about that guy? Jarius Wright is available. No, thank you. Uh, the the last guy on my free agency list is Marquise Goodwin. He's not a free agent, but um, apparently the 49ers are open to a trade. Very similar situation. He's 29 years old, blazing fast. He ran a 4.27 uh, in 2013. He drafted in the third round, which is always telling. When you run in the 4.2s and you don't go until the third round, that usually means something. He has had some decent years I guess but for the most part he's been a pretty average wide receiver again it's another option but I'm not giving up any draft capital for Marquise Goodwin I mean I guess we do have a a, a few sevenths and you know how I feel about sixth and seventh round picks I don't think they mean anything so maybe but I just I don't see the purpose I think we got plenty of guys that can play as well as Marquise Goodwin they're not as fast but I don't really super care what are you going to be able to do when you get on the field as far as contributing and helping us get yards, first downs, touchdowns, whatever? Just not super, super interested. All right, why don't we take a break here because I'm coming up against time, and we'll rip through some more interesting things, some more Packer-related things, look at, uh, for example, some other players the Packers have met with. Be right back. So as far as meetings, the only additional meetings I could find is that the Packers did meet with Wisconsin center Tyler Biotish. Again, meeting with a guy doesn't mean that you're going to draft him. It also doesn't necessarily mean you're super interested. I mean, they're, they're, they are an option, otherwise you're not going to waste. And it was an informal meeting, so it doesn't super matter all that much. But again, a lot of it has to do with just making sure we, we know what we're doing and where to put you on this board. Right, if we got some questions, some stuff that we're trying to figure out, that's kind of where it comes into play. It's also not true that the Packers, you know, some people are saying, well, they didn't put have a lot of interest in, in Jair or whatever. That doesn't mean that if they talk to him, they're not going to draft him. Again, they're just setting their board. And, and it's very possible that if you're super, super interested in someone, you're going to meet him. In which case, it's going to bump the probability a little bit. But, I mean, maybe they are absolutely in love with Jalen Raker, which I wouldn't be surprised. Not only is he blazing fast, but go watch, I mean, just just go watch highlights. I know I usually say if you want to actually do breakdowns or whatever, don't use highlights. You know, if you want to actually grade somebody on what they can do. But yesterday, I spent some time watching highlights of players. Oh, my goodness. Just to get excited. If you want to get excited, watch highlights. 
But watch how high this guy jumps. Apparently, he's going to jump out of the building. His his explosion drills are just going to be off the charts, which means he's going to have a high spark score, which means the Packers are going to like. But if he's gone, what does it matter? And I think there's a good chance that he is, as much as people are saying he's probably not going to be. I, I don't know. So at the very least, we know that they're not off their board. But yeah, you don't just do meetings because you're super interested and plan on drafting them. That, that doesn't even make sense. If you've already got your mind made up, you don't have to meet them. Usually it's to fill in some gaps or... For example, like Quintez Cephas, everybody's going to want to meet with the guy. It doesn't mean you're super interested, but it does mean you're on our board and we want to make sure we don't need to take you off. There's a lot of big red flags for Cephas. From all accounts, he's a very, very good guy. Great person, great football player, but there were some allegations against him which were dropped. But it's still something you're going to vet. And beyond that, his dad was like a leader of the Crips in Georgia or something to that effect who ended up getting shot and killed. Obviously, that is, that's not something you want to hold against somebody who lost their dad. But again, it's not something you can just turn a blind eye to. you got to at least sit down and talk to him and, and verify what everybody in Wisconsin is saying, that the guy is a very good stand-up person. He is not a problem for your, your organization if you draft him. You have to do your due diligence. It might be uncomfortable. It might seem unfair to Cephas, who has been a victim of circumstance, apparently, on several occasions, things that are not his fault. But again, you have to do your due diligence. So that's why, that's how you read that rather than saying, ooh, they really like him, I bet they're going to draft him. That's not what that means. But Tyler Biotish was added to the list and also a couple running backs, Keyshawn Vaughn, running back out of Vanderbilt, and Jet Anderson, running back out of TCU, a.k.a. Darius Anderson. Um, I like Darius Anderson, by the way. He is one of the guys that I watched. I didn't get all the way up to Keyshawn Vaughn because I'm not that high on my list. Uh, Darius Anderson is uh, technically my third lowest, but he's still in my like column. He was my Aaron Jones comp. I actually had two guys that I kind of viewed as Aaron Jones-ish. Just a guy that kind of makes things happen when it doesn't. I mean, he doesn't He doesn't super impress. And I, I've been saying this about Aaron Jones since forever. There, there's certain guys you watch and your jaw just drops because of the athletic ability. Aaron Jones looks like he's just plodding around out there and just getting eight yards on a carry. But he just consistently always dominates. He always makes the right decisions. He always gets going just fast enough. And that was kind of my thought of Jet Anderson. The only other guy that uh, I see that the Packers added to this list, or that was added to the list, and again, this is not a comprehensive list. I'm sure they've met with a lot more people than this. And I don't know formal or informal. I'm hoping somebody can come up with a better um, actual list. Maybe I'll have to work on that. But Solomon Kindley, I think it's Kindley. could be kindly. I don't know. Georgia uh, guard. So that's all I was able to find on that. Again, interesting that it wasn't just another day of they met with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. We'll see. Maybe that'll change over time. More interviews are coming. Dunno. Another fairly interesting news, the Minnesota Vikings, and I mentioned they might do this, Did are basically trying to bring Griffin back. Now, whether it gets done, I don't know. But the, the question was, are they... Well, he, they didn't cut him. He voided his contract but was that agreement done because the vikings were planning on getting rid of him or because they planned on just getting rid of the contract and signing him to a new one apparently the plan was he's going to dissolve his contract they're going to sign him to a new one now again i've I've mentioned that this is good bad either way right it's it's good bad if you cut him because then their salary cap is is doing better but then they don't have griffin anymore if they sign him back, it stinks that they get him. But again, now they're in more salary cap trouble. They're going to go back into being negative, which means they're going to have to make even more decisions, more moves to fix this, which means presumably 
cutting somebody. I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to work out. The, the Vikings have been doing this forever, finding ways to keep guys that we want to keep, kicking the can down the road just long enough. It's going to be interesting. As of right now, over the cap has them at about $1.3 million. Now, he's getting up in age, but I have a hard time believing that there isn't a team out there that isn't going to, I mean, it, you know, he's not going to come back for like $4 bucks. He might be willing to do some kind of a team-friendly thing, but it's not going to be too crazy. So, I, I don't know. We'll see what he ends up agreeing to. I'm sure the Vikings are going to find a way to weasel out of this somehow. But, again, the fact of the matter is money is money. They've got only a million dollars. They need to be cutting more, and they're talking about signing Everson Griffin. So something big has to happen. Because as of right now, they can't re-sign any more of their own free agents. They can't sign draft picks. They don't have any money going into the regular season. They, they just they can't do anything. So they, they've got to figure something out, not including signing guys like Everson Griffin. But it is what it is. It sounds like he'll probably be back. And, and ultimately, it's not just I want their salary cap to be bad for the sake of it being bad. Right? If they have a good team and a, a tough cap situation, that's not great. So if I had to choose, I would rather them fix their cap by destroying their roster. I don't want them to bring Everson Griffin back. I want Everson Griffin to go away. So this is the worst end of it. But again, hopefully more good is to come. There are, for example, they have several very, very good safeties who I just look at and say, of course they're going to find a way to re-sign them. I mean, I just I just don't know how. And we, we've been through it before, right? They've, they've got corners like Trey Waynes. they got to figure out Mackenzie Alexander. They're, they're not good, but they're their top two corners. How do you not re-sign them? But Anthony Harris is, is one of the big ones. Anthony Harris is a phenomenal safety. Letting him walk would be ridiculous, but Spotrack has him at $14 million. This is the problem. See, and this is what's going to happen. They're going to bring back Everson Griffin. They're going to be able to bring back some guys, restructure some contracts, make this work, and Vikings fans are going to say, see, no problem with the cap. The problem with the cap is that you didn't re-sign Anthony Harris. You should never let a guy like that walk, and he's going to walk. So I'm not going to go through this again, even though I get super excited every time I do. I just want to know how this is going to end, because the fact of the matter is you can't treat your salary cap like this and overpay certain guys, and they do overpay because, they, I mean, he's, they have somewhat of a Ted Thompson syndrome where retaining your guys means a lot. And as admirable as that is, you know, to give Adam Thielen a raise out of nowhere just because he's earned it, very admirable. Devastating to your salary cap, though. Really, they, he, he, they just basically voided his old contract and gave him a raise just because, I mean, obviously he was massively underpaid. That's nice, but you're going to lose players over it. But anyways... Very interested to see how this all pans out. I, I actually kind of want them to sign him just so I can see what that's going to do to the salary cap. What what Now what is the situation and what does that mean going forward? Very interested in that stuff. Because, I mean, because obviously it matters. We don't know who we're going up against next year. We, we, we know the teams and we know what happened in 2018, but we also know how drastically things can change. The Packers could win the Super Bowl. The Packers could win eight games next year. We don't really know what's going to happen, but what happens to the roster is a big indication of what is to come and when you got teams like the Bears and the Vikings who are kind of teetering on if we're very careful we could maybe become a you know they, they could go in the direction of becoming very good teams the Bears are starting to get their draft picks back if they can just weather this storm maybe figure out something else to do with uh with quarterback or if Trubisky could just be kind of mediocre we we could do something here you know, the Vikings obviously are a good team. They're on the verge of being something special, but they're also, both of these teams are also on the verge of completely collapsing. And so they're just teetering there. And so I'm just watching with bated breath, waiting to see which way they fall. 
especially the Vikings, because they're teetering the most. I mean, they, they are one half a step away from their first Super Bowl victory. They're also a half a step away from completely imploding and falling apart because they, they've got deficiencies. They need help at corner, and they might be losing corners. They've got great safeties. They're going to be losing their safeties. They need help at offensive line. Can they address their offensive line? We know they can't do anything in free agency. It's the last year for Kirk Cousins. Again, one of the biggest things that they can do is re- re- extend Kirk Cousins because then you offer him an extension, and that salary cap just plummets, and you can cut, I forgot what I said, $10, 20000000 million out of this and guess what? Everything's fixed. Not everything, because you're still going to have a hard time signing some of these guys. But do you want to do that? And if you don't, then you got one year left with a quarterback who costs you a billion dollars, which is not a long... None of this is long-term. But I don't know. Again, this is why it excites me and terrifies me at the same time. Same with the Lions. It's fun to laugh at the Lions and say, ha-ha, and they're about to explode even worse than they are. But just a handful of good moves, just a handful, and they could suddenly become a threat. It's why you got to love this time of year. Anything and everything is possible, but it all hinges. You know, history. History hinges around this time of year. Free agents and the draft. That is where teams are made and broken. What do you do with your salary cap? Who do you resign? Who do you let go? The decisions that are made this time of year change everything. So if you're not excited, please get excited. Um, very quickly, since we're talking about the NFC North, um, the... Bears are sort of committed to Mitch Trubisky. I might have mentioned that, but they also made it clear they're going to be looking elsewhere. Which, I mean, if you're looking elsewhere, of course, no. This this is where you got to learn to read between the lines, as I'm sure most of you already realize this. But no GM is going to come out and just say, "Listen, Mitch is a joke. We got to go in a different direction." Especially considering, apparently, Chase Daniel is probably going out the door, which I believe is their best quarterback on this team. I've said that several times, and I think the evidence kind of bears itself out. They play better when Trubisky is not playing. Uh, The teams like the Browns and some other teams are looking at creating a package to get Chase Daniel to go to their team, meaning the Bears are without any quarterback, and and if if the long-term plan isn't Mitchell Trubisky, they have nobody on their roster that is a long-term option at quarterback. Not that Chase Daniel ever really was, but literally, who is your quarterback? Where is this franchise going? And again, you don't have a first-round pick. Now, they could get one. They do have two second-round picks. It's entirely possible they package up both of those and move up. But I really just don't think that any of the... Like, love isn't going to fall to... I don't want I don't have time to look it up, but wherever they could jump to, 28 or whatever they can get to, he's not, he's not going to make it there. Which means the best they can do is waste a second-round pick on a second-round quarterback that, again, very rarely do any of those guys become very good quarterbacks. You know, a, a Jake Fromm or somebody like that, Jacob Eason. So, pretty tough situation for the Bears, who, again, of course they're looking, and of course they're going to back Mitch Trubisky because they have no other options right now. And then lastly with the Bears, kind of not super big news, but they're they're wanting to give the ball more to David Montgomery. They think that he can become a very good back. I'm not going to disagree with that because I really liked David Montgomery. But, um, again, this is just another situation where they got a guy and he just it wasn't super panning out. And they're planning on uh, grinding them a little bit more. But but again, this this is such a minute thing in the grand scheme of the Chicago Bears. None of this matters if you don't have a quarterback. Your defense is eroding, and so is your offensive line, by the way, which was a two years ago was a formidable offensive line. It's 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 one of the most tragic things is watching a team's offensive line erode. Because again, you, you there are two things the offense does: run and pass. You can't do either of them very well without an offensive line. 
and then we see everybody that has a terrible offensive line, how hard it is to rebuild it. And then you got teams like the Bears going, eh, we don't really need any help at offensive line. We'll be fine. Let's let's go out and find corners and try to keep the. You, you just see the gradual slide, and now you're talking about your running back getting more carries. That's nice, and it's probably a good plan. But what is your plan at offensive line? You got guys retiring. You got guys getting old. I mean, you got Whitehair, who was great as a rookie, that's not doing much since, and a couple of young guys that are decent, but the older guys are all heading out. I don't know. It's it's just an ugly situation. It, it, it's it, from my standpoint, I don't care. If you told me David Montgomery was going to prop up and become a top ten back, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest because they've got so many other deficiencies. If I if I'm you know on the list of things that the Bears would love to see happen, like if you could just make a wish and one thing changes, and you want to know where David Montgomery becoming a top ten back ranks, oh my goodness, is it low? Wow, is it low? Getting the defense back to where it was, which there's a lot of different wishes in there, come way before David Montgomery. So that is not the hope of this team. I can promise you that. And think about how many good running backs have we seen in Chicago that it just it doesn't matter. We've seen great defenses. We've seen great running backs. And it really hasn't mattered much. This team doesn't even come close to comparing to those teams. But anyways, I'm just going to cut it off there. I feel like that's a good place to stop. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Goodbye.